0: Amen. Yeah. Amen. Hey, what up y'all? Um, sorry. This is like my 15th time I've been back on the stage. So I promise I'm here to stay. Hey, we're going to do something really quick before I I jump in tonight and get started. We're going to take our, our ushers have shuffled these things we filled out and they're going to just kind of redistribute them randomly really quick. So before I get going, we're going to kind of pass these back out. Oh, you already got them. You cheaters. You already did it. <laughs> I thought I had a couple minutes. Never mind. So let me get my iPad ready now. Okay. Hey, um, again, week two. Sorry. Hold on. It's not reading my face. There we go. <laughs> hey, let me just say, did anybody not get a card real quick? So we do, we have some people that haven't got one yet. Yeah, we'll wait on that. It's important. You need to turn yours in. We have a fiasco on our hands. <laughs> just can if you don't have real quick, if you don't have one, can you just keep your hand raised really quick? I promise you guys it's gonna be really worth it that we get these passed out. Thank you, y'all. Man, I love the five o'clock service. Couple here, couple over there. We're making it happen. Also, Lori, you guys haven't even turned yours in yet? You got them. Okay. I promise you, we're going to get to it. (laughs) Man, these ushers are great, aren't they? Anybody else need one? Fill that one over here. (laughs) We're going to preach, I promise you. I think, I think, I mean, I came to preach. I don't know if... Okay, man I already forgot my whole message (laughs) okay here we go we're ready now everybody good all right (laughs) hey y'all I know I was just saying this listen I love the five o'clock service this is my service that I attend personally so I wasn't gonna say it don't tell anybody else but this is my favorite service okay okay hey I I love football I love football, okay? I, in my opinion, it is the greatest sport in the history of the world, not even close. Amen, anybody? Oh, come on. I told you I like you guys. There's a few reasons I say that. Number one is the sport is is just inherently violent, which makes it awesome right off the bat, right? It's just violent. There's, no, there's not a lot of other sports where you can hurt somebody, help them back up, hurt them again, so on and so forth, you know what I mean? It's awesome to me. I, love, I also love the fact that the game is, is very complex and difficult. It's, it's really a, a tough game to master. I love the team aspect of the game. I love that there's 11 guys on the field at all time on each team, and every single one of these guys has to do their specific job every single play in order to succeed. It's a beautiful thing to me. But I, I, th- I, love, this, I love the game of football probably the most – because I played it from about, I don't know, first grade till the time I graduated high school. And I'm, this is just a little bit of a disclaimer. Today, I'm gonna to be talking a lot about what I call the glory days, okay? I'm very nostalgic. I get very emotional when I think of, of the good old days. And to be, just to be honest with you, I'm probably gonna be uh, the retired old guy sitting at McDonald's someday with my senior coffee, telling the whippersnappers to come and hear my stories, sort of. You know, that's just, that's who I am. People make fun of me for it. I don't care. Now, listen, I gave the last service this disclaimer beforehand too, and they were like, yeah, cool, that's okay. We'll indulge you in your stories. And then by the end of it, they were like, will you please shut up? So, (laughs) so just be warned. Second thing before we jump in that I want to say a little, a little bit more serious is today, tonight, I am, I'm preaching this message to me. I'm pre I'm preaching to me. And what I mean by that is is the things some of the things we're we're going to talk about tonight are things that I am still working on in my own life. Okay? I, I promised when I got into ministry, I don't however many years ago now, 10, 11, 12 years ago, that I would never be a different person on the stage that I am off the stage. And so tonight I want to I want to be very vulnerable, very honest, and very transparent with you about my life and some of the things I practice in my life. These are things that I've been learning since I became a Christian when I was 17, things I'm still figuring out now, and things I will continue to figure out in the future. So I'm preaching to me, y'all just get to watch, okay? (laughs) Are you ready to jump in? Okay, our verse for the day, like I said, we are going through uh, the book of 1 Peter, and I'm going to be honest with you, like last week, I didn't, like last week, Pastor P., I didn't make it past the first verse, okay? I'm supposed to teach you the whole chapter. We have verse 1. And we're gonna. I'm gonna read this for us. It says this. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. That's it. <laughs> You're like, huh? Yep, that's it. And I, I, this verse caught my eye, particularly at first because the book of First Peter is actually a letter that was written by. Peter, um, to, to churches in five provinces in Asia. So Peter sat down one day and wrote this to other Christians. Now, what's, what's interesting about that to me is that for a lot of us growing up in church, we didn't experience this. What we experienced was you have to get rid of all your evil behavior before you become a Christian. You, you have to act like us before you belong to us. Right, that's, what, that's, a, that's basically the gist of the gospel that I, that I was taught growing up. Be good, and then you can go to heaven. But Peter here in this verse is, is talking to Christians. These are people that have accepted Jesus, that have gotten baptized, and they are following him, and he tells them this, get rid of all evil behavior. He's essentially saying, you guys are following Jesus, and you struggle with this, sin. Sin. It's a little tense in here. We don't really like talking about this in church. To be honest, I don't love talking about it either. It's not fun. Sin is a condition that doesn't escape any of us. Nobody's immune to this. And in fact, wrestling with sin in your life sucks. It's hard. And we all have it. Now I know what I know I know some of us are doing in the room right now is you know we we talk about sin and immediately some of our minds go to well Cole, I'm not that bad. <laughs> That's my southern accent. <laughs> it's coming along. I've I've never I've never done anything that bad. You know, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church my whole life. I you know, I you know, I I didn't kiss my spouse till I was married, which is really stupid, by the way. Um <laughs> sorry that came out of nowhere (laughs) you know and we, we we inherently when we talk about stuff like this we start like judging ourselves against others but the reality is no no one is immune to this and I'm talking like if you if you showed up today to please people and that was your goal welcome to the club if you if you acted selfishly today welcome if you drove in the parking lot and you saw somebody's car and you said I have to have that otherwise I won't be happy welcome to the sin club y'all we are all in this boat amen and because because of this I think we need a game plan if we're here today and you're a Christian we need a game plan against this thing Peter says get rid of all of it how? we need a, we need a game plan and here's the other thing about this is oftentimes people don't just talk about, like we don't just stand on the stage and say stop doing bad things just because it's like it's fun. You know what I mean? The reality is I believe when it comes to sin and following Jesus, everything's on the line. Everything. Your life is on the line. Your future is on the line. Your future family's on the line. Everything's on the line. You know, there's a, there's a story in the Gospels, about uh, it's he's called we call him a, the rich young ruler. It's a guy. It's a young kid that was rich. He was young and he was a ruler of something. And really, that's all we know about him. And one day he he comes to Jesus and he says he says Jesus, how do I inherit eternal life? How do I do the eternal life thing? And Jesus looks at this kid and he says, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go sell all your possessions. And then follow me. And what's fascinating about that and something that I've kind of learned recently is that Jesus actually gives this kid the same exact invitation that he gives to his disciples. The same invitation he gave Peter, Matthew, James, John. He says, follow me. Which is wild because this guy, and I'm just speculating, we don't know this for sure, but, but this guy could have been the 13th disciple for all we know. You know, we could have named our kids after this guy. (laughs) We would have named churches and ministries after this guy. But to this day, we don't even know his name because he chose sin over obeying Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Today, he's no longer rich, he's no longer young, and he rules nothing because he chose sin. Everything's on the line. So I think we need a game plan against this stuff. So tonight... I've got, I've got sort of a, I don't know, four point, not plan. I don't, these are four things that I've kind of learned in my life, things, again, that I'm, I am working on and, and continually putting into practice right now to, to have a plan against the sin in my life. And I think you guys are, are gonna enjoy this. We're gonna have a little bit of fun. I'm gonna talk a lot about the glory days. So prepare, strap on your seatbelt. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one. Focus on the W. Focus on the W. My senior year of, of high school football season, we were going into to week four against a team called the, the Garrett Railroaders. Now, just some context, our team that year was really, really good. We were actually ranked first in the state in our division, and our first three games of the season were awesome. <laughs> we played really well. Actually, the first game of the season, we set the scoring record at our school with, I think, I'm pretty sure, 81 points, I think it was, which is just uh, yeah, pretty impressive, I know. <laughs> Sorry. but uh, we were doing really well. and we are going into <laughs> um, we we're going into week four, and, and Garrett High School, they, the railroaders, they had this, this running back on their team, and his, his last name was Fricky. <laughs> I'm serious. For real. Fricky kid was fast. He had, uh, he had, I'm pretty sure he won the 100-meter dash and track the year before. So he's like really, really fast. And leading up to this week, this kid had like, he was like the leading rusher in the state of Indiana. Like out of all divisions, ever, he had the most rushing yards by far and touchdowns. So going into this week, I'll never forget this. We're, we're leading up to Friday night and I remember our team kind of having a different demeanor. I remember kind of noticing, like our team was—we we had this weird, like, almost fear. Like, man, I don't—I'm not i don't know if we can win this. Sort of demeanor. Nobody actually said that, but you know, if you've ever played, you can you can feel that on your team. It was like this: I don't know if I can win this. If we can win this, sort of thing. And again, I'll never forget this. That 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 Friday night, we go out, we go out on the field, coin toss. You know, we're on defense first. They have the ball first. We kick off. First three play, plays of the game, first play, tackle for a loss, come on. Second play, tackle for a loss. Third play, stop them, three and out. And I remember, this kid had the ball every time, and I remember our team immediately, it was, it, it was magical, our team immediately had this like shift in perspective from we might lose to oh my, oh my goodness, we're going to win. <laughs> we're going to win and we're going to win good. And it was really cool because, and you could probably still look this up somewhere, I don't know. But just if you wanted to, you know. <laughs> I'm on a different level. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we I've we held we ended up that night holding this kid to less than 30 yards rushing and one touchdown, and we won the game. Now I say all that to say there are a lot of people, maybe people in this room, who in your mind, are convinced you are on a path to loss. Like, you think about the future, and when you think about the future, you don't feel this, the whole best is yet to come thing. In fact, it's fun to say, but you don't, you don't believe it. There's a lot of people like this. And again, I'm gonna be vulnerable. This is something I have deeply, deeply struggled with in my life, on and off. Deeply. Is this thought that when I think about my future, all I see is negative. All I see, all I see is loss. In fact, to be completely honest with you, a little over a week ago, my, one of my best friends, Ryan Capelli, you know, handsome Italian singer. <laughs> you, know what I'm, you know who I'm talking about. Seriously, though, he looked me in my eyes and he said, Cole, we were talking, he said, Cole, do not talk to my friend like that. Do not talk to yourself like that, because it's not true. And one of the things I have to remember in my life is that I actually have power over the voice that speaks to me in my head, that voice. You know this, you know that voice. There's this cool story in the the book of Luke where Jesus gathers his disciples together one day, and he's like, y'all, you've been following me for a while, you know, maybe it's been a couple of years or whatever, you've seen me heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. You've been watching the whole time. And he said, now it's your turn. <laughs> You're going to go do it. And can you imagine? They're probably like, huh? <laughs> you want us to what? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. And so he sends them out to do this. And I, I, I found that, their response when they come back is so, it's so good. I want to read this to you. They say this, when, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Did you know the enemy has to listen to you? Has to. Because the God that even created those things, if you're in Christ, lives inside of you. You have power over it. When I was about four, five years ago or so, I, I went through a, a mental breakdown. And when I say mental breakdown, um, very bad. Like I, I'm talking panic attacks every every day, every night. I'm, I'm on the ground crying, yelling, cannot sleep for days on end. Very bad mental breakdown, okay? And I remember... One of the, probably the most beneficial thing that I had to learn to start coming out of that season, and just to let you know, today I have zero anxiety whatsoever, by the way. No medication, nothing. But what I had to, what I had to realize in order to start actually coming out of that back in the day was that I was on offense spiritually, not defense. I'm on offense not defense. I tell the enemy, the enemy doesn't tell me. So what happened was, I, I don't, you know, I'm gonna be honest, I don't even know where I came up with this. Maybe somebody told me, to, I don't even know. But wh- what I did was for pro- two, three months or so, I would get in my car to go to work every, every day. I had about a 20 minute drive, worked at a church in Indiana, and I, would, I, I wouldn't play any music, no podcast, nothing, nothing, no sound. And I would sit in my car while I'm driving, and I, this is what I would tell, that, that voice in my head. This is what I would tell it. You will regret this. You will regret this. I, and this is what I said. I, I'm coming for you, and I will kill you. And I will, for the rest of my life, go from person to person to person to person and kill you again and again and again in other people's lives for the rest of my life. And you will rot in hell regretting that you ever messed with Cole Farlow. Whoa! I'm about to do a lap. <laughs> do you feel that though? Do you feel the difference there? is is, I don't know, I I just, I feel like a lot of us struggle with this whole like, oh, the devil's after me, the devil's after me. No, you are after the devil. You're after him. And this is is what I had to realize early on in my life and and something I have to continually come back to and remind myself. This isn't something that I just have figured out. I have to work this regularly, is I have to focus on the W, not the L. Okay. (laughs) That was one, that was number one, and my heart rate's 150, so let's go to number two. <laughs> Gosh. Are you hurt or are you injured? Um, I, lo- I love my dad. Me and my, my father ha- have a really good relationship, and I, I don't say this as in a negative way, I actually am very thankful that he was like this now in my life, but he was he could be very intense sometimes, <laughs> especially when it came to sports. And uh, I remember ever, even from a young age, we started playing tackle football in third grade. We went from flag to tackle, which was a really great thing, you know. Just flag football, I don't get it. Anyway, I remember, you know, I'd like be limping off the field or, you know, be holding my arm or I'd come home from a practice or game, you know, just a little banged up. And my dad, you know, he was a coach when I was little. He would he would grab my face mask and pull me in. And he'd say, are you hurt or are you injured? <laughs> Are you hurt or are you injured? And the connotation was that if you're hurt, get up, dust it off, get your butt back in the game. There's work to be done, you know? But if you're injured, it's a little bit different of a story. If you're injured, you need help. You need help. Because if you go back into the game injured, you could get hurt worse and be out for even longer. You need the help from someone else to get better. Okay, now I was thinking about this question in these last few weeks as I was preparing for this and I'm like, this is a really great question to evaluate ourselves with spiritually. It is, because you guys know, there's a difference between being hurt. You know, I, you know like I messed up, I've, I did something stupid. I'm sorry, you know, I apologize. And, and you get back up, you learn from it. Everybody's done this, right? Everybody's been hurt. But there's a difference in people that are that are injured when you're injured spiritually you need help you need help you know there's a difference between you know I drank too much I should probably not probably not do that again and I can't stop drinking and I'm drinking every single day you see there's a difference in I, I felt anxious about something and i'm dealing with anxiety there's a difference between I went through a couple rough patch patches, you know, relationally, had a couple bad relationships, and hey, I really need to actually evaluate why all my relationships are failing. Maybe it's something wrong with me. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a difference between hurt and injured. And I think as, as, as Christ followers, we have to do a good job of evaluating, when it comes to sin, where we are here. And the reality is, to do that well, there's two things I think we have to have. Number one is wisdom. You have to have wisdom to know the difference. When I was on my 17th birthday, I drank alcohol for the first time. How many of you know, as a teenager, you're not very wise? Amen? (laughs) Not very wise, and neither was I. So back then, you know, I drank with my friends first time, and I thought, wow, I like this. (laughs) I feel pretty good. Don't care about as much. I'm a little more confident. Everything feels better. 12 years later, as an almost 30-year-old, I have the wisdom to be able to look back and see, honestly, to be real with you, I was addicted to that stuff from the moment I drank it. Seriously, from the second I, I took my first sip. Now, I know that's not everybody, but for me, I have the wisdom now to see the difference between that, in that, situa- that situation in my life, hurt and injured. Wisdom. Number two is courage. I remember, especially when it, when it came to, to football and sports, like, you know, admitting you're injured in a football game, that took a lot of courage because there was like a shame associated with it. Like if I actually admit to my dad or my coach or whatever that I'm I'm injured, not hurt, like I come out of the game and I let people down. Like people, there are people out there counting on me. I fill a role and I'm, because I'm injured, I'm taking myself out of that role. Wisdom and courage. You know, it takes a lot of courage to confess sin. It does. It takes a lot of courage, because it's hard. And to be honest with you guys, I've said that I didn't mean to say this for the first few services, I wish this wasn't the case. Because honestly, authentically confessing sin sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It does, it sucks to have to sit there with people you love and say, I am, I am doing something wrong. But James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. So that you may be healed. You cannot experience healing without confession. Confession is a precursor to healing. Now, when I talk about this with, with you know, I'm a, I'm a youth pastor, shouts out SC, SC students. We have a great time. We do. A little too much fun sometimes. Um, but when I talk about stuff like this with students, uh, you know, oftentimes I'm talking about like, uh, you know, confession or being transparent or having people in your life or whatever. You know, a lot of, so, sometimes they'll, they'll work up the courage. They're like, I'm gonna tell somebody, Cole. I'm gonna tell somebody. I'm gonna do it. And then they go and tell their 14-year-old friend, best friend. And I'm like, <laughs> bud... They're struggling with porn, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. They, they can't help you because they They have the same struggle. And what I do is I say, let me help you. Who is the, who's the person in your life you want to know this secret the least? Like, you, you don't want them to know at all. And then they tell me, you know, they're like, mom, dad, coach, teacher, whatever. They tell me, and I say, I'm going to ask you to do something something hard. Go and tell that person. You know why? Because oftentimes the person that we're most afraid to tell is the person that can do the most about it in our lives. It's true. It's true. Are you hurt or are you injured? Are you ready for number three? Y'all, I love this service. You guys are amazing. Here we go. Three yards, every play, is a touchdown. Now, did I mention that my high school football team was really good when we were ranked number one in the state yet? <laughs> we uh, we ran a, we called it, a, you know, is a wing tee offense, and if you have no idea what that means, I got booed for that earlier by the Westside football team. It was really cool, really helped my confidence a lot. <laughs> Essentially, if you don't know what that means, we took a bunch of guys, put them in the center of the field, and we ran it, we ran the ball down people's throats over and over and over. I'm telling y'all, we, were, we weren't the biggest team in the world, but we were a bunch of tough, corn-fed Indiana farm boys. <laughs> and it was, it was, all, and we were good at this, okay? We were quick, we were good at this. And this was kind of our offensive motto. Our coach would say this to us all the time. He'd say, guys, three yards, every single play ends in a touchdown and that's correct right if you get three yards every single play you you score a touchdown and i just remember specifically him saying like guys i am not asking anything crazy out of you i'm not asking for a a bunch of deep balls i'm not asking for big runs all the time what i'm asking is realistic from every single person on this team three yards every play lineman you can block for three yards. Runners, if somebody hits you, you can fall forward for three yards. Like, you guys, this, this was our motto. Three yards, three yards, three yards. And one of the tough lessons I've had to learn about my walk with Jesus is this same exact concept. It's the same thing. See, everybody wants, the, everybody wants the big play in life. Everybody wants the Instagram post that says, you know, we prayed for the miracle and we got it, right? Everybody, everybody wants to, to, to tell people, I've been 10 years sober. Everybody wants to tell people, I've been married for 164 years, <laughs> right? Never even looked at another woman, I swear, you know, like everybody wants the big story. But what I've learned in my life is that people don't get the big run until they get this, three yards, three yards, three yards. Three yards of honesty, three yards of faithfulness, three yards of discipline. And I remember when I first kind of started this sober thing, working on this sobriety thing. I remember thinking in my mind, this is my day, and in five years from today, I'm gonna stand on a stage somewhere, be, I'm gonna be talking to I don't know who, and I'm gonna, I can't wait to tell them, I'm five years sober. And if you've ever been in sobriety world and tried this out, how many know that's not the way to be successful about it? <laughs> it's, it's my feet are on the ground, all I'm in control of is today. All I can, all I can worry about is today. And I might have the sober thing going on, but I also have an anger thing. I also have my marriage. I also have my, my mental health. I also have my physical health. I also have my kids. I also, you know, and, and for all of us, the list goes on and on and on and on. And, and a lot of times we get trapped in this. Jesus wants me to clean all this stuff up, all this sin up. But I think what I've learned in my life is that a lot of times Jesus is saying, I want you to work on this thing today. One thing right now. I'm not asking for perfection in every area. Today, we're working on this one thing. Three yards. Three yards. Three (laughs) yards. And what I've learned and what I experienced in high school is that when you work this plan really well consistently, eventually you get the breakout run. And you don't know when it's coming. You don't know how it's going to happen. And here's what's really cool. You don't know who's going to... who's going to be the person to throw the big block that gets you to the end zone. Whew, whew, Gosh, I'm already on point four. It's a little disappointing. I want to keep going. Point four. It's a fun one. You aren't the only one on the field. So, my senior year, we, we, we got these two new coaches. One of them was a line our, line, our defensive lineman coach, and one of them was our offensive coordinator. And to be honest with you, we poached them from the school down, down the street. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> really awesome. Um, but they were great. And I remember the, the offensive coordinator, you know, we started our, our two-a-days at the end of the summer. So we did two three-hour practices every day for two weeks. And we went through that, that first day of practices. We got done with that second practice, that first day. And our coach, you know, we take a knee. You know, we're tired. We're hot. And, you know, we're huddled up. We're listening to this is the first time that, that they're addressing us as a team. We just met him, And I'll never forget this. He looked at us, kind of paused, and he said, y'all, there's a, there's a lot of talent on this team. There's a lot of just raw talent. We have a ton of seniors. We have a ton of potential. But he said all those all those things are for the birds. Doesn't matter. And he said, right now, as a team, we are right. We're right here. Put his hands like this. And he said, if we if 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 this season we don't come together like this. All, all this will be forgotten. Nobody will remember what you do. You will, you will. Honestly, you'll be a disappointment, and you have thrown away the potential that you have. I'll never forget that. From here to here, and essentially, what he's saying is, y'all, you are one team. You're one team. It's not 11 individual people on the field at a time. It doesn't matter how talented you are, it doesn't matter the potential you have, if you're all like this. If we wanna be good, we gotta be like this. Everything you experience from this moment on, whether it's a win, or a loss, or a penalty, or an interception, or a fumble, or a championship, it's together. No one is alone, no one's alone. And the same thing goes for sin and struggle and pain in our lives. No one, especially in this church is alone, no one. In fact, I, I wanna, I wanna kind of prove this to you tonight. So if you, have your, if you have your paper, I want you to grab that, the redistributed papers, grab that for a second. You are holding a paper that was filled out by someone else in this room. This isn't forged, this isn't fake. A real life human being person in this room tonight filled this out. And this paper represents their past, their struggles, their pain, their discouragement, you name it. And tonight you will be standing in the gap for this person that filled this this paper out. No one knows who has whose. And so what I'm gonna do, I wanna, I just wanna show you this. This has been so powerful all day. I wanna show you that you are not alone. I'm gonna go through each one of these these questions that we put on, on this paper. I'm gonna read them one by one. And if on your paper, that the yes box is checked, you are going to stand to your feet for three seconds. You're gonna stand for three seconds, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and you're gonna sit down. And watch this. Watch this. Are you ready? Everybody got it? Watch this. Have you ever been divorced or had a divorce in your family? Have you ever been, have you ever cheated or been cheated on? Are you afraid that if people really knew you, they would leave? Do you feel like you're unworthy of true love? Are you anxious about the future? Are you, or have you ever been depressed? Do you ever think you're crazy and that there's something wrong with you? Wow. Are you, or have you ever been addicted to alcohol or drugs? Are you currently struggling with pornography? Are you still right now stuck in a cycle of recovery slash relapse? Mm. Do you struggle with any other addiction, food, sex, gambling, etc.? Do you worry about your weight or how your body looks? Have you personally dealt with an eating disorder? Do you dislike the person that you are? live your life to please others? Have you ever been mad at God for the loss of a loved one? Do you have a hard time getting past your grief? Have you ever struggled with believing that God is real? These last two, have you answered all of these questions truthfully? And lastly, have you shared something here that you've never told anyone? Thank you guys for your honesty, and I, I mean, I, I hope you see whatever you're going through, there's somebody here going through the same thing. Same thing. And I know the enemy will, a lot of times, will try to, he'll try to lie to you and say, you're the only one. You're the only one. You have it worse than everyone else. No one's as bad as you. No one's ever struggled as, as, as bad as you have. It's not true. It's not true, and it never will be. In fact, it, it, was, it was fun. I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. The only reason that I ever uh, messaged Perry Noble back in the day was because I was a pastor struggling with, with drinking. And I thought, I, I truly thought, there is no one else on the planet. And, and, but I've heard of this, this Perry Noble guy before. And I promise you, I messaged him. I said, man, I feel alone and I need to talk to you. And you know what I've realized? A lot of pastors struggle with the same things. They just won't talk about it. And you know what we just did here tonight? We talked about it. (laughs) We talked about it. And so, yeah, I just, I want to, I want to encourage you guys. If you are struggling with sin and you feel like you can't talk about it, you're not alone. You can talk, you can talk, to any of us because to be honest with you we're all pretty screwed up actually it's not just something we say (laughs) like for real and you want to know something else too something I really struggle with in my life is feeling like I'm truly alone and that God's not even there many times I thought Lord where are you where are you And something I've had to to learn and relearn and relearn and remind myself of over and over again is he never went anywhere. In fact, he he wants me to be free more than I even wanna be free. He wants life for me even more than I want life for me. And the same goes for you. You'll never be alone. You'll never be alone. Can we stand? Man, this was fun tonight, y'all. Can, we, can you just grab somebody's hand next to you? We're gonna pray quick and then we're gonna, we're gonna sing, sing a little bit. Lord, thanks so much for tonight, God. I just pray a blessing over my friends. God, I pray that we would have the, the power to, to think correctly. I pray that we would have the courage to, to admit brokenness if we need to. God, I pray that we'd have the discipline to take things like this one small step at a time. And Lord, I pray we would know we're never alone. We love you, Jesus, so much, so much. Thank you for who you are, and thank you for this church, Lord. It saved my life and a lot of people's lives. And so tonight, God, I pray you do that even more. We love you, in Jesus' name. I love you guys. Five o'clock, man. Hey, can we just take a moment? Can we bow our heads, close our eyes real quick? Listen, if you're here in the room tonight and you're like, Cole, I want a little bit of that, what you're talking about. I want a little bit of that freedom, that life. I want that for the first time. What's really cool here is every single week, we nobody prays alone. This is a tradition we have. We 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 pray this prayer out loud and everybody's going to pray it with you. And if that's you tonight, you're like, "I want to follow G. Je- I want to choose to follow Jesus for the very first time." I'm going to have everybody repeat this prayer after me. Are you ready? Here we go. Dear Jesus, I love you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my savior and lead me, I love you, in Jesus name. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed still really quick, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time in your life, would you be so courageous as to just let us know by putting up your hand really quickly, just raise your hand, awesome, awesome, awesome. Anybody else, we just wanna wanna pray for you, awesome. Lord, we thank you for for the hands that are raised here tonight. God, I pray that you would lead us into life and life to the fullest. God, I pray a special blessing for my friends here tonight that have chosen to follow you. God, would would you bless them tremendously? Would you speak to them? Would you be good to them for the rest of their life? We know you will. We love you, Jesus, and it's your name we pray. Amen. Hey, are you glad you came to church? We'll see you next week.